it's not a bad thing to compliment a person's hair. So yeah. like just to put that right. as a side note, but it does expose something about how not normal it is yet because it's something that's talked about. Like, you know, because I can't just like walk into a place without having a comment about my hair, you know? Let's begin, blank paper and pen, stories to tell, battles to win. Hey folks, this is Leroy Barber with Sit Up Podcast, and uh, I am excited about today's topic, really excited about today's topic. And, uh, you know, just so uh, to do my my homework here, you know, you can reach us on uh, Facebook at uh, Sit Up Podcast. And also, you can send questions to my Twitter or Instagram at Leroy Barber or my Facebook, the same, at Leroy Barber. Uh, we are doing a series on innovation. And uh, my running definition for innovation, so that you know, innovation happens at the intersection of difference. Innovation happens at the intersection of difference. That's the definition we're using. So... So today's topic is hair. I know, I know some of you are saying, what in the world does hair have to do with innovation? And even more, what in the world does hair have to do with the church? Right? Uh, so, so we are going to tease this out a bit. So um, have you... Do you know or have you been treated differently because of your hair? Does hair cause you to treat people differently or be treated differently? Just your hair, right? Uh, uh, The texture of your hair, does that help shape or form your identity, right? is how do you measure beauty right is beauty only straight hair right is that a marker of beauty that your hair is straight and do you know like like there are different like types of hair and ways you treat them right you have majority culture like white folks have a you know there's a certain way you deal with white folks hair. There's a certain way you deal with Latinx folks hair. And there's a certain way you treat black hair. And even in black hair, right? You could be Haitian or African American and your hair gets treated differently. Can people tell who you are by your hair? Like this is a really good conversation. So I know I have uh, daughters and a granddaughter and I'm married. Black women. I know hair is a big deal. In fact, um, I know in 2002 is when my wife decided that she was going all natural. I know because... She she knows the year like this is the year I decided, you know what? I'm going all natural. 
2002. And probably if I pushed her, she would know some of the dates and times and process that led her to that decision. Right. Uh, some, you know, some, you know, I don't know what, 17 years ago. I have daughters, my oldest daughter to my youngest all have natural hair. Now, my life is a bit of a mix. So that natural hair means, you know, my wife, her African-American, you know, her black hair, my daughter, her black hair, and then my daughter, who is uh, biracial. So her Mexican and black hair. And then my daughter, who's biracial, her Jewish and black hair. Uh, so so we got a we got a gamut right in our family. But also my granddaughter has natural hair and my granddaughter has never had a perm or anything like that in her hair. Will that help shape her identity? Right? So a difference between my wife, my oldest daughter, right? My daughter who's dealing with it from a Latinx and black tradition my daughter who's dealing with it from a Jewish and, and black tradition. Right? So, and then my granddaughter who's, who's black, but has never had, has never altered her hair in that way. Is hair a boundary, right? That's something we're going to flesh out today. So today's guest is going to be Charlene Asaturo. Now, Charlene is an innovator around hair. Charlene works with Share Love International. Share Love International works with men and women who are coming out of trafficking or involved in, in the sex trade industry. And guess what? They use hair, teaching how to do hair to regain identity. Isn't that kind of cool, right? So what does hair have to do with the church? What does hair have to do with my identity? What does hair have to do with like being made in the image of God? All Like really good stuff. Charlene's Latinx. She's a hairstylist and a business owner. Uh, and like this is this is the way she goes about her mission in the world. So it's going to be fun talking to her. It's going to be fun uh, going through this interview. Hey, and by the way, uh, because we've had we had to, we've done so many interviews, I had to get some help. So Andrew Morgan uh, is also helping and doing some of these interviews. So you'll hear his voice a lot through the interviews. Just just to give you a warning. Uh, so like this is still the sit up podcast, just with some help from a brother. All right, appreciate it, and look for it coming up. Charlene Asaturo. Listen, and let's be clear. You only get one chance, one opportunity, one request to appear, one moment to consider what you might hold dear, a few seconds to digest what might be coming near, a quick check of which direction you may want to steer. Let's begin. Blank paper and pen. Stories to tell, battles to win. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Welcome into the Sit Up Podcast. We are here in Tampa, Florida for the Voices Conference, and we're meeting a lot of innovators. As you guys know, Sit Up stands for Sports 
innovation and that's where we're going to kind of stop today like we're stopping at the innovation piece not that you know the theology and the ugly and the public discourse isn't important but innovation is our specialty and we're going to bring to you some of the most creative minds that we can find in tampa today and we're going to just uh just talk to them and, and hear their testimonies hear their stories and see how they're reaching the world and changing the world with their innovation and so i've got someone with us today that i'm very excited to let her introduce herself hello my name is charlene and i am a hairstylist in tampa actually just as of september i am my own boss i am a business owner so i do hair for myself oh that is a, <laughs> that's such a great journey like what what got you into hair that's a wonderful question i actually love answering that um so I've been doing hair for almost a decade now. And what got me into the hair industry was when I was around 18 years old, I had a passion to work with women in the sex industry. And I learned about human trafficking and wanted to do something about it. So initially, my idea was to be a missionary. Um, but then I realized that I needed to make money. And so after praying, I felt like God was just... Um, asking me to do hair and that I would be using hair as a way to reach out to women in the sex industry. Oh, that is beautiful. So I got so many <laughs> questions. We're going to circle back around to your work with women in the sex industry. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to circle back around to that. But I want to start with hair mm -hmm. and mainly because I literally live in a beauty salon because my wife has a natural hair salon no uh, that she runs out of our home. So that is awesome. She's she's now owned her own business for the past year and a half in the Portland, Oregon area. But God called her to work specifically with natural hair. Amen. And That's there awesome. was like a need for African-American women in that area where it's not a lot to get mm -hmm. work. So mm -hmm. you're here in, in the Tampa area. Mm -hmm. What are some of the needs uh, for for women and uh, in, in their hairdressing needs here? Um, it really does depend. I think the beauty industry in general is actually still a very segregated industry. Yes. So you have things like a black salon or a Dominican salon, and then you have like your general majority salon where most people with European like hair texture go to. And so when it comes down to needs, at least in Tampa, it really does depend on who you're talking to and in what area of Tampa you're in. So what, what, where do you fall in line uh, with that? Well, I am currently working in South Tampa and my clientele actually ranges. So I have a good mixture of Latina women and then white women as well. And then some of them are also Southeast Asian. And so I have an interesting variety, Yeah. but I end up getting a lot of clients with hair texture like mine, which for those of you who don't know, it's very curly. So your hair texture and how it is now and how has that played into the character of who you are as a person? How has it affected you? Um, actually, that's one of the ways that God has really like been powerful in my journey. I used to always straighten my hair as a teenager and for maybe almost a decade, I only wore my hair straight because I felt like that was what the portrayal of beauty was. And so I always straightened my hair. I missed out on swimming 
learning how to swim. I missed out on um, like just normal things that a child would do just because I didn't want to over sweat where my roots would show and all of those things. And so for a really long time, I actually did not embrace my natural texture. And it wasn't until maybe about six years ago or so that I felt like God really challenged me in in that part of my journey to start embracing who he created me to be. And so what's interesting is that I, I'm really good at straightening hair and, yeah. and like smoothing it out just because it's what's on my head. But now on the flip side, embracing my natural curl is something that I've been doing for a while now. And now I wear it mostly curly, yeah, like the majority of the time. How did that affect you socially growing up? You know, as far as when people did see your natural, the natural state of your hair, or did you ever let them see the natural state of your hair? Yes and no. I mean, I have interesting memories of people seeing my roots. And so like when we live in Florida and it's always hot and humid. And so, you know, um, you can only tame curly hair so much. And um, so when it would be humid outside and my curls would start to come out from the roots and stuff like that and people pointing that out and being like, your hair's not straight, your hair's curly and feeling like really ashamed and exposed in that. And so when I started to embrace my natural texture, I just remember it feeling very like exposing, Um, almost like you walk into a room with like no clothes on and everyone's like looking at you. Like it felt like that um, because so much shame was just like rooted in the straightening of my hair. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. It does. (laughs) You know, but more specifically, did you ever find yourself being teased or anything Mm -hmm. of that nature Mm -hmm. as a child or even as an adult, maybe even, feeling like maybe that's why someone didn't treat you or did treat you a certain way because mm. of your, your hair texture? Um, I was teased. I'm Latina, so that means I'm I'm pretty hairy. And so I've, I've been called <laughs> things that um, were really shameful and, and it, like, humiliating, like, in front of other friends, like, um, like facial hair being pointed out and just being like, look at that, and just, like, feeling so exposed and ashamed of that and so there's that but then there was also just like you know I I love my hair and so a lot of people say like when they're like trying to compliment it I completely understand why they're complimenting it because it's awesome and I love it too but um at the same time there is like this unfamiliarity about it where it's like my hair must not be familiar to you because you're making a point to like comment on it. Yeah. Whereas like with people with really limp fine hair, I'm not like walking up to them being like, I love your limp hair, you know, even though like that's a a great thing, but like that's the norm, you know? And so like, because my thing isn't normal, it gets poked at or like talked about more often. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of more of what I'm dealing with now. on this side, it's not a bad thing to compliment a person's hair. So like, just to put that as a side note, but it does expose something about how not normal it is yet because it's something that's talked about. Like, you know, because I can't just like walk into a place without having a comment about my hair, you know? Yeah. So I've got one last personal hair question for you before we switch uh, over to other topics. And this is a question You've probably been asked before, but Mm -hmm. I've got to ask it. So do you let people touch it? No. (laughs) I don't even (laughs) let my husband touch my hair. (laughs) 
think so why like why why you know why is that a no well one it's it's a boundary so good yeah i just i feel like i'm i'm licensed to touch people and i don't even touch people's hair and without the permission um two when you over touch curly hair it gets bigger and it's like i've worked hard to like maintain the shape and style and so when a person's just like starting to like run their fingers through it or try to scrunch it for me or like fluff it out i'm just like please don't like ruin what i've worked on you know um but mostly it's it's just a boundary thing like i'm i'm not a pet you know pet your dog um pet your cat or your chinchilla if that's what you have like you know what i mean like i i'm not an animal for you to just like come by and stroke yeah i I had to ask the question because i I feel like it has to be said Mm -hmm. in open spaces more and more often Mm -hmm. i have two children with locks and my wife has locks and it's like no you can't Mm -hmm. touch it like you know ever like i always have to tell my son like don't let anyone touch your hair it's like a song from solange like don't touch my hair like that's the anthem i feel it is all right so you you were telling me earlier you were telling us in the interview that you do work with with women who are who work in the sex industry um do you work with women also who are caught in sex trafficking also kind of um so i've worked with an organization called sheer love international and they have a hair school for men and women who are in the red light district or are coming out of the red light district um and so i got to go there as an educator um which was a really powerful experience so i got to use my skills to teach these men and women how to do hair which was amazing that is great. So, like, what are some like? Have you seen some success stories? I mean, we're not without naming, you know. Obviously, yeah, don't name names. Yeah. But have you seen some people really like rise out of it mm-hmm. to be successful mm-hmm. or, in what they're doing? Yeah, um, it's really cool because I feel like even though maybe hair isn't the thing that they dream of doing, but I feel like starting to learn a skill opens up the possibilities of dreaming of something different. Um, but there is one story of a man that worked, um, or that went to the hair school in Thailand and he wasn't necessarily in the sex industry, but he was in poverty and him learning how to do hair. He opened up his own little barbershop, like this little tent in his community and offers like cheaper haircuts so that people can get their hair done and, um, find better work and stuff like that because appearance matters you know um so he's doing that and then there's another student that graduated from the hair school that actually wanted to teach and so she's still in the hair school as an educator in the program um which is pretty amazing as well so when when i hear a story hear stories like that i just think to the place that that some people have been in where they might in order to have to walk the streets or they may wear wig or Mm -hmm. things that nature Mm -hmm. How liberating is it to be able to take the, you know, to help them learn how to not only take the wig off, but then take care of themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really more of like the masks that we wear. Right. Um, and I feel like it's what's interesting about the beauty industry is that it sometimes helps you wear the mask that you want to wear. So it's like you can go to your hairstylist, sit down and like ask for this certain look that affirms like the lies that you believe about yourself or it could do the absolute opposite, which is give you the confidence to be who you actually are. Um, So when 
working with the students and and teaching them how to do hair and teaching them also to just like love who they are it is it is a process of removing the masks that they believe about right. themselves or the masks that they're wearing and the lies that they believe about themselves if that makes sense what are the next steps you know that that individuals have to go like that you see them go through spiritually mm -hmm. when they're coming out of out of some of those places or they're expressing a desire to come from out of those places I mean, I just, I think Jesus is such a huge role in all of that because I feel like healing is an ongoing process. Like it's a journey that I feel like everyone is on consistently. Yeah. And so if there are, if anything, like I feel like the journey looks different for everybody. And so the steps are different for everybody because when you feel like you're moving forward and the next thing you know, like you're triggered by something and you have to take like these steps backwards in this area. So they feel like it's so different depending on each person's story um, and where they've come from and why they started doing those things that they did because it's it's different for everyone, you know. The best way to answer because like you said, it's just a journey. Everyone's mm -hmm. journey is different. It's not a step by step. Right. But, you know, that first step that each person takes and makes with, you know, with God is right. going to look a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So uh, in your in your process of working with how did you get involved with working with people in this way? Well, I first started actually in Tampa. There's an organization called Created, and they work with women in the Tampa area coming out of the sex industry. And so when I first started coming to the underground church that I'm a part of, um, their ministry is a part of the underground as well. Being able to um, come alongside of Created and offer my services to the women that are in the residential program is kind of how I started working with the women. And then from there, being able to do outreach with Created and go into strip clubs. And uh, we've had a couple of times where I was able to do hair for the women, for the dancers in the clubs, which was a really awesome experience as well. So it looks a little bit different each time. So how, how rewarding is it for you? Very. Very because I think that I'm, I'm always more amazed at how like God weaves my story we've sorry that was totally a pun wasn't it um <laughs> i didn't even notice i noticed it. i was like oh look weave um but like god like intertwines my story with with what i do professionally and then also into the story of the people that i meet and so i think it's really rewarding because mostly because i'm just in awe of how god moves our, our lives and intertwines our lives together in that way. What's been some of the rewarding parts of your journey with God as you've journeyed into uh, becoming an entrepreneur and mm. you journeyed into just, you know, doing something that you, you're passionate about? Mm -hmm. um, what's that process been like with you and God? Like, how, how's the journey been? Ooh, sometimes it's rough, honestly, because there's also like this undoing thoughts and lies about myself and about my culture and about my people um, that I've had to go through. And just this past year, like coming out of working in a predominantly white salon and entering into being my own business owner as a Latina woman, like that's exciting and terrifying all at the same time. And I'm really just creating this new trail um, that my family hasn't had the opportunity to create. And so um, 
when God enters into that, it's it exposes a lot of lies that I've believed about Latino people. It exposes a lot of lies that I've believed about myself um, and what I'm capable of doing. And then it also exposes lies that I believe about God and his abilities. Or, And so I think it's been a really hard journey, but really amazing at the same time. What are the joys in your life outside of, you know, just the professional joys, but what are some of the personal joys and the things that you've experienced with God here lately? Hmm. The good stuff. What's the, the good? good stuff? Yeah. I think the good stuff is learning how much God really loves me. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I know that's so like no. simple, but it, like it's a unique kind of love that is specific to me and it's not for anybody else but me if that makes sense and that yeah. and it's the same for you as well and for whoever might be listening to this is that God's love is so unique to you that he would take the time to carve out this story that um goes deep into your childhood into like every nook and cranny of your life and I think the realization, the joy has been the realization of that unique love of God. Okay. So what are you grateful for right now? What's the, like the number one or two things? It doesn't matter. You can do a top five. Mm. But what are you, what are you <laughs> most grateful for right now? Um, I'm grateful for the journey of just going through it and knowing that it's good. It's good because he says it's good. And so I think that's what I'm most grateful for. So thank you so much for sharing your journey yeah. and sharing your story and answering uh, some of the questions that, that I've thrown at you. And <laughs> is there anything else you want to share with us about your business? If you want to put the name out there and how people can uh, get in touch with you or mm. uh, any anything you want to do, go for it. My Instagram is Charlene Does Hair. Good. um as far as business goes i mean i i would just encourage any if there are any latinos listening to just encourage them in whatever journey that they're on right now and um knowing that like being creative and being someone who can create is is a good thing and that god is in that and to also dream bigger dreams i know that sounds so like pageanty in some ways (laughs) but i don't know i think i think there's something beautiful about having a dream and to pursue that and watch god do amazing things in that all right well thank you for joining us for the sit up podcast and we look forward to following up with you in the future when you're telling us about you know (laughs) how you've got five or six other programs and salons. So we yeah. don't know. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Live life like you know the clock's ticking. On your mark, get set, ready. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Deep breath and count to ten. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin. Let's begin, let's begin, let's begin, let's begin. Let's begin.